let's start it off. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Wal- Walrus Water Cooler Podcast. I am your host, Zuby, and I've got Dante over here. Uh, how y'all doing? Uh, I'm, well, I don't know about them, but I'm doing pretty damn good. Uh, nice, man. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting year, man. It's been a really I know entertaining, uh, if nothing else, uh, year. Yeah, so I, I know we're gonna talk about uh, you know upcoming projects and stuff, and what we've been doing the past year, but also um, just God talk about the progress that we've made in the the game studio this past year. Like from when I think back to january to now like look how far it's come yeah it's it's been quite a haul um i I, man i can remember this time last year where we were just starting to talk about you know doing certain things and uh you know like one of them was uh you know well would we ever be able to actually put together all the pieces to publish a book uh, and of course we did that, you know, um, so, you, you know, there, there has been a lot going on and, uh, lots of challenges, right. Opportunities to, to do, uh, do things better and, uh, just do things in general, cross the finish line on some things, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's just been where, where we are now is, is, uh, it's good. You know, we're making good, steady progress. I mean, because I remember last year, 2022, I think it was like I sort of talked a little bit about joining Walrus or something. And then we something like we started talking and then, of course, real life hit me and I had to go incommunicado for a little bit. Um, And then when I came back, um, it was just I know you, you, you and Kurt were all about the video games. And I'm like, I I can't program. There's nothing like I, I felt like I couldn't contribute as much to video games as like say like you or Dustin or Kurt can and cause that's just not my strengths. Right. But and I'm just like, well what about I sort of came to you guys, what about TTRPGs? Because I've had, you know, some adventure modules written and, and you all were on board for it because I've told you I've had this world I've developed, you know, ever since I was a kid. And yeah. Good old Aspartia. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're if you're tracking this conversation and, and listening to us, man, that that is that's a name that's just gonna get more and more popular, hopefully, and more and more, you know, a, attention in that space. But not just in that space too, though, you know, I, I think what's interesting is, you know, there the word video game or video was never really in the name of the company, nor is it in the really the heart and soul of the company. Um, you know, we were starting with video games just because that's our, you know, it's passion. We love those things, but, um, you know, to, to what Matt was saying, you know, we're, um, you know, we're not, we're not exclusive to that genre. And he found that out pretty quick early in, uh, you know, 2023 and, um, you know, in some of the mid parts of 2022, um, you know, we'll, we're looking at, you know, board games, we're looking at TTRPG, you know, really anything. We even, we even talked about and floated a card game for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, 
it's it's about entertainment, right? And um, and games in particular. Um, so so it, you know, it could be anything, literally anything. And as you'll you guys will find out here soon, uh, you know, it could even be something like a simulator. So you know, oh, all yeah. simulators out there in the video game world. And boy, did did Matt deliver on one? You know himself. He's 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 sandbagging a little bit when he says that, <laughs> that he he doesn't know how to program and he doesn't know how to do you know this and the, you know the you know that um, he's not necessarily aligned with video games. You know from the technology space that where he comes from. You know that that that's a bit much. Uh, well, it's I'm not part of the programming part. Yeah, you're not, you're not a programmer, but... but I mean, know, could I learn? Yeah, but I'm not I'm not yeah, interested, but, to be honest. You know, modern-day games, though, have especially video games, man, it's, there's so many technological parts to it, including networking, uh, you know, um, Zuby's strong suit here. Um, you know, I mean, but let's face it, any video game that... that Reports itself to be multiplayer co-op anything right yeah if that, if that network layer sucks and you know it's the least bit slow or glitchy or whatever yeah forget it you know it's not it's not going to make it um especially amongst the you know the uh, streamers you know the influencers on twitch and youtube they're not going to play it online because the, the last thing they want is for their community to start looking at their phones when they're playing a game or, or get distracted, right? It's, it's all eyes on them, yeah. not all eyes on them. When, it, you know, when something's working well. So, um, you know, I, I knew Matt would be able to contribute and he has. So I know. I appreciate that. The, um, you know, speaking of streamers, influencers and all that stuff, I've made it one of my new year's resolutions because I know I've talked about this all past 2023 is I'm going to, Start streaming more, try to be more active on social media again like I used to be. Start mm -hmm. trying to do this podcast more, even if it's solo, because we need to start building up hype. Because not only do we have a book release coming up in the first quarter of 2024, we've yeah. got possibly two video game demos coming. I, I don't want to say quarter one, but could be quarter one, could be quarter two. You know, ho hopefully no later than quarter two, but you know, life happens. Um, yeah, quarter so, two for sure. Yeah, th this is unfortunately this isn't our primary day job, <laughs> but yeah, not not yet anyway. Yeah, but but you know, an interesting thing is happening too, though, around us. So as um, you know, as we slowly start to talk to people here and there, right? Um, it's it's interesting how many other people who quote unquote have a day job are interested in like, hey, I could do this. Do you you probably don't need this, you know, that that you probably don't need that skill, but I could do this. And then it turns out, yeah, we we do need that skill. Yeah. You know, for you know, for instance, we 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 were speaking with something somebody just the other day about you know, soundtracks, music. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we effects. Um, yeah, we've got a composer now for one of our games, which we, is. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 
well hopefully you know well it's it's not official but official official, but but they are super super wanting to work with us yeah and so he's a composer and and i would think that it's more than just you know we're going to start with this one game and hopefully everything works out you know beneficially for everybody and if it does then he's he's going to be helping us out on a number of initiatives and projects so yeah you know so now that's that's another checkbox that we have so you know we've got graphics design people we've got some some artists um that are willing to work with us um yeah pure startup um you know so it's it's crazy it's um you know we we uh we we did some things in 23 some of them didn't pan out but um more than anything you, you i've just underestimated how many people want to actually contribute once they start hearing about what's going on so um, yeah yeah and i and you know that's a great point because there are people that we both know that you know, have made mention to me that they want to help out, but they're like, I can't program. But I'm like, listen, I can't program either. I, you know, I'm definitely more of the creative side. We all have our own strengths. And I try to tell them like what each people, each person on our team brings to the table. You know, I've described your strengths, my strengths, Kurt's, uh, Dustin's strengths and all that. And, you know, it's everyone brings something unique and, you know, and, and that's what I love about this. It's and the fact that, like you said, we we've got, you know, the person who did the Dark Storm um, adventure logo, she, uh, you know, she's more than willing to work with us again for other stuff, and I want to use her again for other logos and graphic design stuff because she just did such an amazing job, and she knows other people that you know she can link us to, and I think it's just part of that networking of. It, you know, yeah, it, it, it really is. It'll start it, it, snowballing. You know, okay, I mean, it would be fantastic one day to have all these resources under one umbrella all the time. But, you know, that's things things aren't that way right now. But but I still consider it to be one umbrella in a way because they, um, you know, they, you know, everyone's being fair about, you know, like compensation and work effort and what they're willing to contribute and what that compensation looks like. Sometimes it's sweat equity, sometimes not, um, you know, but, but all of them are excited about like working on our, on the projects that Waller's game studio is, uh, you know, has, has momentum on and direction and that they want to do. So, um, you know, it's, it's just really cool like that to see these people and like what Matt's saying about, you know, yeah, you know, there, there could be some people that just help us out in like pre alpha that maybe even just looking at something and saying, yeah, that I wouldn't play that or I would, or, or what about this? You know, there's, there's something I think that we're going to talk about here just, just, just a little bit that was really born out of that. It was just one, you know, it was one of our guys farting around um and some people jumped in and said well try this try that and now pretty soon we've got really what's probably going to be our first release you so do you want to just kind of start getting into it like yeah yeah i want to get into um 
do a little review of Walrus Game Studios from the beginning of the year to where we're at now. And yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk about like the projects that we're working on. But first, just going over that. So from January is when I officially came on board and work on Silver Flame 1 like really started going hard on yep. it. And then at the time you were also working on Walrus Agogo a lot. And yep. then yeah, those were like sort of the only two projects for a while. And, yeah. and, and the book, I mean, I learned, I, we all learned a lot making that book and um, it's just going to help speed up the process for when we get um to the other books too. And yeah. I, I know you've learned a lot with just doing Walrus A Go Go. I mean, you essentially recreated it from scratch when we had one of the new Unreal releases, if I recall, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's 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 jump into it a little bit. Like like sure. Let's pretend like nobody's ever heard of this. Nobody's ever listened to this before, right? So so in 2023 and 2022 is when really Walrus Game Studio kind of formally got like you know it's legs underneath it um it was me uh and another guy uh kurt um you know and uh we tossed around some ideas and we we had been working on some things uh that were not necessarily in the game industry um but had relevance so um kurt and i for a couple of years had been working on some uh raspberry pi projects around um things that were supportive of the game industry so for instance we wanted to create what we had what we had been calling at the time a snowman and maybe one day hopefully oh with, with, i remember that yeah yeah, yeah so with the, with the right resources maybe the snow, snowman can come back to life especially <laughs> since we're dipping our toes into board games um formally but the idea was that it was a um it was a community device not unlike um so there's some of these video conferencing kind of things out there where different people get a different point of view um, or can take control of a device and steer it around and change the camera angle and all that. And so we had been working on on something that was based on Raspberry Pi to kind of do that. To You could, one, you know, and, and in the midst of COVID too, right? It was a way of having somebody put up a board game in their house, plop this device down, uh, and all the remote players being able to work with and or manipulate the board game to some extent, um, cameras, laser pointers, whatever, um, to to feel like they had some kind of involvement in the game, yeah. including we had we were going to have a second camera that specifically looked on a like a clear plexiglass block box where you could put dice and you could cause the device to rumble and shake and actually shake. Oh, that's dice. cool. Right, so that you were actually physically involved with the game. You weren't necessarily rolling them yourself live, but you know, um, but you know, COVID, COVID was interesting because what happened was uh, the VTT community responded pretty heavily, and you could almost play anything then virtually, and didn't nece necessarily need a device like that. But it would still be cool if there was one. Um, but anyway, so that that's kind of how. Like, if you want to say Walrus kind of sort of got started, it didn't really have a name. It was just the two of us. But then, you know, we had a nice, healthy Discord uh, of like-minded people, and we were playing, you know, we were playing some TTRPGs, 
online and uh, some other VTT type com content. So um, anyway, we Kurt and I founded Walrus because um, we, with my son being in the video game industry, actually in college, in in studying and getting a degree in it, um, you know. Uh, there was a moment where I kind of had to dive in and help him out a little bit on a project and he didn't, you know, it was, it was COVID and people weren't, you know, yeah. necessarily working collaboratively as much. And a lot of kids were kind of on their own. So I helped them out um, with just ideas and, you know, and that, uh, you know, and just QAing what he was working on. I had to learn his game engines, right? So we, I had learned Unreal and Unity at that time. And I was like, wait a second, this, it, this is difficult. It's, it's not easy, but it's not impossible. Right. Um, and pretty soon we were, we were toying, you know, Kurt and I were playing around with it and we decided, oh, okay, well, let's, let's start with a simple game, a PVP kind of thing. And, and Matt, I'll let you jump in here in a minute, but sure. you know, we started out with, um, just doing this, uh, simple game and it turned into kind of our our logo our 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 company hero the walrus right um <laughs> it turned into a pvp battle royale kind of last last walrus on the iceberg game and that's what we call walrus go go and that was our kind of a starting point a, a game that we would publish that we could learn from and learn all kinds of pieces like networking for the pvp stuff you know co-op mode just you know natural environments almost almost realistic looking environments you know um, physics oceans um, we quickly found out that most of these game engines have really good two-dimensional AIs baked in them but they don't really account for 3d AI so much mm. okay. um, and, and so that that we learned a lot on that one but anyway so we started doing this and Matt saw what we were doing and that's when matt jumped in and said hey could you guys do you know a ttrpg otherwise i can't you know i don't think i can help you well her and i knew better we saw a lot of potential in what um you know zuby could bring to the table as as well as we said yeah why not we're playing ttrpg i'm sure we could do something with it and that's where silver flame was born silver flame is essentially a dream that Matt has had almost his entire life, um, literally, of this fantasy world um, that he wanted to bring to life, produce it in books, build uh, build out his world of Aspartia, right? Put the lore in it, the geograph, the the geography, you know, um, you know, not unlike the way some of these other uh, you know systems out there have a preferred world in which things happen you know ours ours isn't tied to um you know a, a game system so you know that's where silver flame was born and it was born on the concept of we'll do this but we want to make it so that it's playable by at least two of the major game systems out there fantasy ttrpg systems yeah and, so Matt, I'll again hand it off to you on that with Silver Flame. Yeah, yeah. So Darkstorm Adventures is um the TTRPG arm of Walrus Game Studios, or Darkstorm, I should say, 
because we're going to eventually not just do only adventure modules, but there'll be like, you know, source books, um, mm -hmm. other stuff, you know, maps and whatnot. But I mean, I came to it because I had just finished pretty much doing my Magic the Gathering podcast because I was getting out of the game. And, but I still wanted to create something, and, you know, I've been playing D&D &D forever um, and had this world forever. So I was, I, I'd already, I'd already been working on this book, um, and then we actually played it, you know, got really good feedback from you all, and just started writing it more. You helped edit it, then we had a, you know, actual editor. Well, not saying that you're not an editor, but you know, like like a like an editor, like for the grammatical parts and all that. And um. yeah, no offense, man. <laughs> Look, there's two kinds of editors. There's content. Yeah, 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 how, yeah. You're the content that's, editor. That's playable, <laughs> you know. Or here's your loopholes, right? Here's yeah. here's the. So um so, little background. Um, while I was in college, I. I spent my working college years inside of a uh, a theater, right? Uh, a movie theater. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a big one. And we saw just about every really good and really crappy movie roll through us. And so you get a, you know, you when you, when you really plug into that kind of a universe, um, especially when you're on the working end of, of, you know, cinematics and theater, um, Boy, it's pretty easy to to just sit there and tear movies down. We we used to so we used to have Thursday night previews with the staff. We would watch movies, and we were brutal. I mean, even for the good movies, oh like, man, find the plot holes or what happened to this or how did the dog beat this you know Land Rover down the mountain? And I won't get into the name of this movie, but. You know, uh, and the dogs waiting for them on the mountain. They just left the dog at the top of the mountain and were going downhill full speed with his Land Rover. And yet the dog somehow, or you know, we would just you find all those things. And so, yeah. you know, as that kind of critical content, you know, or did we plug all the gaps? And yeah, I can do that. But boy, the the technical details of editing. Uh, the grammar, the punctuation, that sort of thing. Yeah, not that was somebody else. Matt, I'm yeah. sorry. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. So, um, y y you know, the, the progress of that book, you know, it's now finally at a point where it's like pretty much done, right? Um, you know, we had the failed Kickstarter that we tried to do. Um, you know, it, it's, I say failed, it just didn't get funded, but we learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that even should that Kickstarter not get funded, we're going to release the book anyway. It's not like this was a make or break for it. We just kind of wanted to, you know, generate interest and, you know, try to cover some costs for it. But you know what? It's it's fine. It is what it is. And um, we'll learn from it. And yeah, I mean, we hit what? We, we had a, we were a third of the way. So, yeah, cause, you know, there, was, there was some genuine interest in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um but now where we're at with the book is all that's left is the cover art, which we are contracted with an artist right now to do a, you know, full spread for the book. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, it's really just coming up with a release strategy and, 
that's it. Holy crap. We've got like our first product out and it's like going to be soon. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're talking weeks now. So, you know, it, it's going to be very, very, very early in 2024 where silver flame, you know, book one from our, you know, our dark storm, I don't know, splinter subdivisions or subcom, whatever you want to call it. Right. That, that little, small little part of walrus game studio and, and I, I say small tongue-in-cheek um <laughs> yeah you know but it, it's it's coming so there's so walrus game studio is now has an basically officially its first um release which is this ttrpg book um in the world of aspartia um there's a silver flame too the work has already begun on this yes and, and you know, uh, honestly, Matt has given uh, myself uh, the, the creative freedom to own an entire continent in the world of Aspartia. And oh, and I haven't even I, gotten that part yet. Um, yeah, because well, so before we get into that, um, yeah, you are right. Book two has begun. Um, it's officially begun work. Um, there is some systems in play that we're going to have to definitely play test coming up soon. I just yep. need time. <laughs> God, that's been the, the big killer lately for all yeah. of us. It feels like, um, it, it is time. Time is our worst enemy. Um, so, so we've got that. And then, you know, I'm, I'm already starting to prep for how we're going to do play testing. So, so I'm, I'm already starting to plot how I'm going to be making this book, what I've learned from doing the first one and trying to make a process for this. But I want to get into what you said before about the creative freedom for a continent. So there is something else we have been building, I think the, for the past two months now, and this is going to be completely private. This is, you know, company only, you know, one day maybe it'll be out there in the public, but at least for right now, it's private company only, but we can talk about it. It's We basically have a world Bible now for Aspartia, mm -hmm. or a Wikipedia, a glorified Wikipedia for it. Mm -hmm. And it took, oh God, it took me a month and a half to get my 20 years worth of digital notes together. Yeah, um, it, it was amazing watching it trickle in, you know, you... <laughs> We just couldn't keep up with it. Uh, I know, still haven't even gone through all my physical notes yet. Yeah, I mean, it just keeps coming in. The Lord, I mean, there's so much. It's like a tidal wave of ideas, lore, settings, possibilities. Um, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. You know, you know, if I can, if I can piggyback on that, like Silver Flame, Book One is, is almost is basically done, right? And we we talk about Silver Flame too, but there is so much more going on in that dark storm portion of the company. So for instance, um, you know, I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about um, this world in the sense of, yeah, we've got some long running campaign books, you know, with the, the, the big kind of epic heroic campaigns, but, you know, let's face it, one-offs. One of the things that we struggled with during COVID was, just keep keeping up the cadence and keeping everyone involved. But what we learned is it'd be great if we could just play some one-offs. So we have an entire one-off book. It's called, uh, or, or series called, um, uh, was it the Blade Auction? Yeah, the Blade right? Auction. Yep. 
so there's this entire separate thread uh, to the world of Aspartia where it's just going to be a series of one-offs. Which that, I can't wait for. Yeah, well, I'm working <laughs> on them. We, we, did, we did run one, and it was good. So Yeah, and that know, system... We need to well that that's the system we need to flesh out because that's going to be the big selling point of book two. It is so, and I can't actually, wait. Actually, we ran two. We ran. We actually. Oh ran yeah, the, we we did. Yeah, we, yeah. We ran the um the bank the, one. The, yeah, we ran. So we ran kind of an Ocean's Eleven kind of bank heist, uh, in in undead territory, uh, and we also did. Uh, uh, another one again. I, I I won't hint at it, but um, a subset of rules. And uh, uh, yeah, we we did it when I came up in uh, yep. the summertime. Yeah, it was super 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 duper interesting. It was fun. And, yeah, and Kurt and I had done done it before. Matt, we had we had run this set of rules in this particular scenario in this particular setting before. Um, just before COVID hit, and Kurt loved it. He had a blast. He still talked about it to this day. So, you know, as 2023 was evolving and we were getting Silver Flame One under control, and it looked like it was headed towards Kickstarter, Matt started bugging us about like, I want to try that when I come up to Columbus in the end of summer. And so we played it, and yeah, it's gonna be it's a it's a a decent part of Silver Flame Two. For sure, and yeah. you know, so we're we're working on those rules. Uh, we we think we got them fleshed out. We we came up with a version like zero point five, and uh, I really want to drill down on it hard and make it make sure it's as as just smooth as possible, right? Yeah, it's not like you have to relearn like Pathfinder Second Edition or D and D all on its own. Um, it's just gonna be a nice supplemental set of rules uh, for either system. Um, but you know, it's cool, you know, I, I and it's yeah. part of blade auction. So the, the continent I am fleshing out and drawing and putting lore to is uh blade. A lot of blade auction happens on this particular continent Hell away yeah, from man. the, the silver flame, but, but still linked to it, but a well, little bit separate and, apart from silver flame. Well, and this is what we've talked about, you know, behind the scenes too. Like what's perfect about this is where even though I have this world and I have all this stuff happening, nothing's set in stone, right? There, there's there's a few things that are kind of set in stone, right? But, but as far as like other adventure ideas we want to do, you know, as far as the continent you're working on or for other future stuff, we can do whatever the hell we want, right? There's... Yeah. There, there's only a few hard and fast rules in the world right now, but so much of it is open to, you know, like mold, molding of, you know, the clay sculpting and whatever. Yeah. So. And, and Matt hinted at it at some point once, once we're done with our share of it, of that world. And we feel like we've got the pieces we want out of it. I think we, we basically turn it over and it is, it's a design goal of ours to turn over uh, the world to to everybody out there like that wants to uh, take a shot at adding content to the world and you know trying to find what we're trying to do is trying to find a meaningful way uh, so that real like 
real contributions can occur, not just like, well, I'm playing with my buddies for a weekend. And yeah, yeah. There's a yellow dragon in the middle of X, Y, and Z, and there, so it's there forever. Uh, a little more complicated than that to get the permanency of content. But the idea is we want to drive, we want to give it up to the community. We want you guys to help shape the world and world events. So um, how that happens, we're still trying to figure it all out. But we do, I think, eventually want to head that way. If I had to think of the past year and even like 2022, 2022 was like the birth of Walrus, right? Is that when it officially Yes. Was born. Okay. Then 2023 has been like our foundation behind the scenes year. Like, yeah, we have, we haven't done a whole lot of front facing stuff. We've had a few front facing stuff here and there. I mean, yeah, we haven't been consistent with it, but 2024, I I feel, I want to try to be pretty committed to getting more front facing. We need to be more public facing, start developing our community you know, get getting people interested in our stuff. I mean, you, you know, the the one simulator game we have coming along. I mean, I've talked about it on social media, Network Simulator. Um, I've got a handful of people that are like begging me to want to play it. Like they they want to they want to test drive it so bad. Um, it's crazy too, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, so. So um, the game right now, for lack of a better title, is going. It's a video game, um, and it's called Network Simulator. Well, so, Network Engineer Simulator. Okay, so Network en- Engineer. So NES for short. <laughs> so whereas Walrus Agogo was supposed to be this video game, and it will. It's coming along a little slower. Uh, where we learned a bunch of stuff, right? One, there were a couple of team members. So. So let me just say this. So as much as we have talked about an ecosystem of people on the outside who wanted to contribute, the team itself has actually grown as well, right? So not only is Zuby on board, but Lynx, um, you know, he has kind of officially joined us as well. Um, and uh, he is the, 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 I guess he's the father, the the birther of this, the mother, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Of network yeah. simulator. Like he he is the brainchild behind this network engineer simulator, NES. Um, Which I find so funny because all, all I did was I was in our Discord, you know, just like I am every day, as we like to talk a lot of shit about whatever. And I, I make a stupid little comment like, how fun would it be to make a game of just you have to cable switches and routers and servers. And I'm like, and I think some of y'all were like, that sounds terrible or like I wouldn't play it or whatever. And links doesn't, he just runs with it and just starts. And yeah, I, I was telling him um, before we started, uh, he was showing me some more progress of it. And I told him like, dude, from the very beginning of what you've shown, it, it looked awesome. But every iteration he does, like it's just becoming more and more closer to the real thing. Yeah, like it's, I, it freaking blows me away. Like it's, it, it was, it was literally just like exactly what what Zumi said. It was a little bit of a uh, little passion project for him. He had never really used Unreal before, and so he started dinking and 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 poking at Unreal and. 
Well, and he, he's an accomplished programmer too, right? Like oh, of yeah. decades yeah, no. or yeah. You know. He's a full he's a full stack developer in real life. Okay. Okay. Um so he knows he knows how to code. And and he knows and it's not just like I know how to write code. It's when I say full stack developer, people in the development community know what that means. You know, you you understand how data works and how data is stored and how to get to data and best practices around that all the way through writing functional code or or, you know, set driven type code. Um, you know, believe it or not, there's two different ways to work with information, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, procedural, I should say, you know, that very linear procedural if then kind of stuff versus more set driven, which is more like what you would do on, on programming databases where you're comparing sets of information and you're providing instruction. Anyway, but he knows all of that, right? And he knows the, and he knows enough about networking to be dangerous like me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we like to get in chat and scare Zuby with some of the things we talk about. <laughs> networking, right? um, so he, you know, so he, yeah, he's, he's an accomplished dev, very good one. And, uh, you know, so he wasn't, he wasn't just, I mean, he was poking at Unreal because he'd never been worked with that editor, right? That engine. Mm-hmm. Um, but lo and behold, he, he took to it very well. And after dinking along and, and, you know, entertaining some of Matt's requests, you know, like, well, make it do this, make it do that. <laughs> he thought, well, this shit, this is a game. This is a simulator. Uh, and, you know, Lynx is a very uh, is somewhat conservative in in his commitment to things. Like if he commits to something, he's going to commit to it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, he's not going to commit to it. And so, you know, he loves us to death, but didn't really dive into the really into the swimming pool of walrus until about mid mid late 2023. But now he's I think in. So, yeah. so we've got you know so we've got another member. My son officially graduated, and until he lands a real job job in the video game industry, well, actually, he's got one coming up, but it's more of a it's more of a walrus kind of thing where uh, you know mom and dad are essentially funding his part of the sweat equity in this game that um, some people reached out to him to help de- develop. But you know, he's also going to contribute to walrus as well, so he's got that, and yeah. Lo and behold, I have another son who is now doing programming, uh, like for video games as a major, not just the video game design, but the, also the programming aspect of it. So he's, he's about three years out from graduating on that. Um, nice. you know, so we got that and then we've got some other people who are official walruses, but they're just waiting for their moment to shine so to speak yeah like, uh, you know a, a certain mr phony mcring ring uh i know know. waiting in the wings for something project manage uh of well hey he you know i i know phony or boy phony he uh super busy with life and you know not to yep. get into his business but and yeah, he's, he's I, busy he, he's busy but I, I loved when um what was it earlier this year him saying like well I don't really contribute anything yet yet he he will go in because you know we we've tried a lot of different project management um uh 
programs th- this past year and and just even just trying to set up basic admin fundamental foundations he, he just went in and just started building up like 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 think of all the i i hate to say boring stuff but for for people like me i find completely boring like all the you know the the knowledge based stuff for your company the the hr principles and guidelines and mission statements and you know stuff like stuff like that that just sounds so boring on paper yet he finds absolutely fascinating that he's helped us develop. Exactly. And, so, and, and that's needed, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, so, you know, I say he's waiting in the wings. He, it's because he's, you know, he just waits for those moments to contribute. Like like me, I'm just the, the crazy here, you know, back to the future doc kind of character <laughs> where, like, I got a million things going on around me and, yeah, there's a piece of paper somewhere that has that bit of information on it, and I know exactly where it's at. Don't touch my desk, right? Whereas, you know, Andy, uh, I think the best way to describe it is he's he's the he's the Valheim player that while we're out kicking the crap out of like some some <laughs> goblin or troll or something, right? Yep, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Yeah, we get back to base and all the chests are organized, labeled assembled and that that's that's not a joke either that's That's exactly what he would do (laughs) and he loves that and we love him for that you know um but you know he'll go out and kill stuff too but but like that's he loves doing that he's like nope there's a piece of coal and it's it's that's not where the coal goes it goes way over there by the (laughs) by the forge and you know that's where the (laughs) the coal it's true it's true but yeah but yeah, and, and that's just a great example of, you know, someone bringing their strengths to the table, right? He he's exactly. he's not a programmer, he's not a artist or anything like that. He's, but, he's not. And look, I don't. I'm not trying to rain on everybody's parade who wants to be a video game developer. If you're watching this, I'm just going to tell you this reality. In the end. You have to have the mindset that this is a company and your company is no different than McDonald's or say, um, you know, the grocery store down the street or, um, you know, somebody else or like a Barnes and Noble or something, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have people who are going to work on your financials, right? You're paying yep. taxes, work the books, make sure that the bank accounts are set up. Um, you know, cover all the the regulatory stuff. Um, if you handle people's personal information, you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do about credit card processing? If there's any in-game purchases, is that going to be done through third party like Steam or something else? And you know, so I mean, you're running a business, so you got to have real business kind. You got to be able to also have either yourself or other people do some of those real business kind of things, right, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so, and it's not it's the glorious, not, it's not the glorious fun stuff. It's, it's not, but it's, it's not. absolutely necessary. Absolutely. Look, we're, we're tiny little company, you know, still. Um, but if, if you don't, if you don't understand that there's that lot of that grindy work and it by and sometimes may take more of your time than the fun stuff of writing code or playing in a level and designing a level and putting pieces together on a on a scene you know inside the game or 
doing motion capture or audio engineering or anything like that, you gotta you gotta understand that that's that's part of it. Like if you're even as a solo developer, even if you are an independent solo guy who can do it and put that game together and it's ready and it meets all the criteria for publishing on either Epic or Steam or some other platform, right? In the end, you're still going to be liable for all the little bits and pieces of the business, taxes, the bank accounts, um, you know, making sure you do everything right. And I'm going to emphasize something, do everything right. So uh, I once worked for a CIO, big corporate guy, right, in a big corporation. uh, And he said the three I's, integrity in everything that you do, nothing illegal, nothing immoral. I would I would emphasize that to yep. anybody listening, bake that into your thinking. Um, otherwise, you're gonna get in trouble. Um, Agreed. Uh, so anyway, but back to uh, you know back to the the game you know world itself, right? Yeah. Um, so so network engineer simulator. I mean, we we sort of tease a little bit. We've we're in talks with a composer. I mean, we're most likely gonna go with them. It's just we gotta. There okay. there's still some stuff we got to flesh out and whatnot, like nothing to do with him or anything. Just this is all new to us. So we need to make sure we're, you know, dotting our I's, crossing our T's and all that. We want to make sure we're fair to them and all that. Um, So yeah. And then as I know, I've said before, and if you follow me on social media, you've already seen like the little trailer video for this game um i'm like hoping for a demo for this a public demo i should say in the next few months um because i've already got a group of people that we're gonna have private you know little early access demos for them i'll throw this out there um i know i know what's left before we can throw something on on steam and it's not very much so i I can foresee us having this ready to go maybe like the first week of February, it being out there in a playable state, in a downloadable state on Steam. So just like Silver Flame is due out in the first few weeks of 2024 uh, on a a platform, I think that we, don't hold me to it, but I think we can have Network NES out there in a playable state sometime. Sometime in February. We'll just say that. Sometime in February. I mean, that'd be the... I'd love that goal if we met it. Uh, which is t- entirely doable. It's just... It really is. It's life. It, it's in a state already. and Oh, yeah. And Dust... There, Lynx. Lynx. Sorry, I almost outed him with his real name there. Um, not that that's <laughs> going to be any secret in the future, uh, probably. But, yeah. um, you know... Uh, Lynx is, you know, it's a passion for me, and he's put a lot into this. Um, like, <laughs> today, today's big development event was, he said, hey, we've got a patch panel working, right? And I'm like, alright, got a patch panel. Um, and, and it yeah. sounds like something small, I mean, but it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big, big thing, and, um, and I, I was having a talk with him earlier today because I kind of felt bad because he was showing some previews of some stuff. But I'm like, well, could we try to make it look closer to the real thing? And and I feel bad because I, I don't know exactly what goes into making 
some of this stuff, the programming behind it. So I'm just asking questions like, can we do it? Um, and so, you know, he and I got on a quick voice chat and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry if I feel like I'm coming across as harsh or, you know, like trying to be too demanding, but it's like, I just want to know, like, it's, it's like, I'm almost kind of pushing him a little bit just to see how, how close, but then, you know, if it's something that's, you know, oh, this is going to be like a complete rework or whatever. I'm like, oh, fine. That's whatever it is. As long as we can get it close to a point where it can look as close as possible and, he made a really good point. Like, let's say the game does take off like gangbusters, right? In early access, then we can actually go back and focus on the time of making it look even better. Not, not that it doesn't look realistic now it does, but you know, just even more so, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. Um, you know, in terms of like what can go into something like that. So just, just, you know, um, one of the things too we have to be careful about is you have to be careful about making something so photorealistic that it looks like the real thing. Like it yeah. literally looks like the back of like if there was a um, a Palo Alto device or um, I don't know what's or, or Dell. I know Dell makes network switches. Blech, I, gross. I'm not, I'm, I, <laughs> listen. I'm not. I'm not trying to evoke the quality of said device. Though, if uh, Dell, you're listening and you want to invest in the game, hey, I'm open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Dell, we'll take any sponsorships. Yeah, um, we'll we'll take your money. Uh, but anyway, you know, <laughs> you have to be careful about it looking exactly like a a Dell, you know, FW101, right? Yeah, I don't even know if there's such a damn firewall, but. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You gotta you gotta be careful about that. But it's our it's a lot of it's artwork, and then like the little the little you know the little um, whatever plugs you know where the the cat five cat six plugs into, you know that that stuff is um, usually you can move it around and you, you know you assemble them in a grid of you know with indexes on them and <clears throat> it's not difficult but. You know, sometimes it's just artwork, like the the panel itself, mm-hmm. where you would put those receptacles into, is artwork, and you know, and that's that's the whole point why we have graphic designers that are willing to work with us, um, artists that are wor- willing to work with us too, is because we may have to, you know, if we want to get past like our ability to throw down some artwork on it, we may have to go to them to make it look, you know, more realistic. But yeah. I would say this too, though. Lynx has just crushed it in terms of like the look and feel of it. Um, like the there's a Walrus logo on each like device right now mm-hmm. in the network stack, and each one of them glows a soft purple when, and it, when the device is powered on. It you they know? look like network equipment pieces of network yeah. equipment, and the it looks like you're actually in a data center. <laughs> yeah. It, it, really it sounds like a data center. Yeah, the, oh yeah. That's the, the, He's engineered audio into it. it oh yeah. Like- and he, and he and I have been started to work on sound effects too. He, he's the sound of plugging in a cable yeah, is that, it that, sounds just like it. Click, yeah. Right. Um, God. the, the opening and closing of a rack door. You know, yeah. it, little stuff like that. And then, you know, as we 
start implementing more stuff with it it's you're just going to get that realism but we're still also trying to well him more than anything i'm just i'm just sort of like the i feel more like a consultant more than anything um it is just the the gamifying aspect of it as well too which we're still trying to figure out um see matt matt under underplayed his skill sets <laughs> to us right he kept saying well oh, i'm just a network guy right but here he is he's our social media director right too because that's he was doing that as well so <laughs> see how good he is at it um uh, well well and, so let's i appreciate it um which i know we can keep talking about network engineer simulator over and over and over again but yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about walrus a go-go especially the big thing that's happened in the past what two months now or a yeah. month and a half or i don't know yeah. so like the biggest thing the biggest challenge in walrus a go-go right so um you know it it the game itself it's a you know last man standing on this iceberg because you've got a lot of it done Right. A lot, of it's done. a lot of it's done. One of the big challenges was, you know, okay, so you guys are fighting it out. So is it just going to be like a hit point kind of punching game? And um, and we really didn't want to go down that road. We um, we wanted something a little bit more realistic. In, in a sense, something that was somewhat believable uh, in gameplay. And so what that was is like if you, you know, if you're, Granted, yes, they're dancing walruses with dance moves, you know, like, um, you know, we have, a, we have a dance move we're working on called Kilt-A-Whirl, which is kind of like, you know, if you, the, the, the carnival ride game, you know, is, is the genesis of, of that dance move. But, um, you know, the idea is that you will make this dance move and your kilt that the walruses wear um, <laughs> would flare out and essentially do like a little AOE around it and knock, the, yeah. you know, knock walruses backwards, potentially into the water. So it's not that, you know, to some extent, um, I would say this party animals, which is a real video game, right. That came out, uh, Q3, say Q4 yeah. of 2023 beat us to the punch a little bit, but not exactly the same, but a little bit. But the idea is that you're not going to die from beating the crap out of each other. You're going to die if you go in the water and the shark gets you. So that was the big development and the whole reason we were talking about 3D AI just a little, you know, little bit ago was there was no realistic looking 3D AI. And so we literally built it from the ground up. We, we literally said, okay, fine. Um, you know, there are these, what I would call two dimensional AI systems built into these big platforms like Unreal and Unity. And, and they're not, they're, they're really good. Look, if you're going to do a shooter, uh, even one where there's ramps and stairs and different levels of platforms, they're, they're really good at that. But, you know, if you really think about the game that you, you know, that kind of a game where there's stairs or a ramp, and it's going from here to here, you might be tempted to say that's three dimensional. It's not really, it's two dimensional because, because you're not uh, really dealing with the Z axis on that. You're not part? really dealing with the Z axis. Okay. The, that, that character, that, that NPC is going to walk down a ramp or a set of stairs, which is basically just an inclined two dimensional plane. He's not going to fly through the air. He's not going to jump off the balcony 
you know, do a flip in the air and land on two feet down below, right? Okay. Um, or swim through the air or fly through the air like a bird or anything like that. So our big challenge was we wanted to have realistic, we wouldn't have sharks in the water that swam on their own and within a set of guidelines and parameters that were read out of a data table um, that were realistic in terms of their movement, in terms of where they were going, um, and not um, not uh, repeatable. And so what we mean by that is there's no there's no pattern to resolve. There's no like okay, well I was just in the water and the shark's like way far away, so I know that I've got next five seconds before it gets to this next spot, so I can afford to take some chances and possibly get knocked in the water. Um, any predictability even about the movement or the location of these sharks was also we didn't want that either so it's all randomized for random periods of time and when they move we wanted them to realistically move and flow like he decided that i'm going to move over here so you and again i i you know there are levels of development that people want to focus on mm -hmm. so that by no means is a disparaging comment to people who have just simply said we'll let them turn this way but what we didn't want was a shark going like this and deciding that it needs to turn over in this direction and just in the split of a second yeah. it's now facing 90 degrees that happens in some games and that's because that's they didn't want that they, that's not a focus of theirs to making it buttery smooth but we wanted that we wanted a very realistic kind of looking thing including the birds flying overhead so we have seagulls overhead that are flying randomly over the fight that um, may poop on you that may poop on you and cause a whiteout <laughs> condition where the screen literally will go white and you have no idea who's where doing what and for that one or two seconds it's total panic right because somebody could be coming at you from anywhere and you're not going to know what to do or how to defend yourself so even the birds play their little part in the fight right they contribute to the fight not to kill you but but they're gonna you know cause you all kinds of grief um so but we wanted these things to look natural and feel natural and not janky or you know cheap right so mm -hmm. that's we you know unfortunately walrus agogo um took took a little bit of a uh a re-engineering on that point we had we had something working but it really felt in the end it really felt like it was uh kludgy it the the coding on it was a little bit suspect um so we just said you know what let's just start from scratch look we we tried to force this thing and make well, this certain set of blueprints and coding and everything work a certain way and it kind of well, and we also in. updated on our unreal we did Un so that engine too yep that was the other thing too unreal um came out with 5.2 and well technically they also came out with 5.3 but they they really were on a fast track of 5.0 5.1 5.2 and we said you know what we want to be in that five space um we, we pulled out we started in four dot whatever the last version was and we said you know we liked a lot of the features that were coming out in five so that was another thing too we totally just because the, because the sharks weren't and the birds and the other 3d ai wasn't 
smooth the way we wanted it. Um, we just said, okay, fine. If we're going to have to rework that, the other stuff's not so bad to mm -hmm. re-engineer. Uh, and a lot of it will would actually translate C++. So we actually just pulled a plug into what Matt's point. We we stood up a whole new 5.2 environment for Walrus Agogo, and we plugged everything back into it, um, including having to re-engineer the physical design of the the bay and the iceberg on which this all happens. Um, and I, honestly, I like it better. I like I like the new design, the new fuel. <laughs> uh, I like it better. So um, in the yeah. end, everything worked out well. The the 3D AI now is just so damn smooth, so so realistic looking. Honestly, um, no, it looked good from last time you showed us. Yeah, now it's just about so. So another thing, another fun thing that came up. Do you want to talk about the mocap, or do you want me? To yeah, yeah. So so one of the big things that the game needs is animation. That's that's one of like the big things that's kind of holding us back is the animation of the moves, the dancing. Um, I, I'm sure there's other animation stuff that I'm just not thinking of besides just the walruses. And so when I had when Kurt originally showed me what he was doing for animating, it was like digital claymation essentially, and so it was just getting to a point where. The amount of time it would take for him to finish just one dance move, it would have been essentially cheaper to just acquire a motion capture suit and then, you know, do the motion himself and then fix it in post and get animation done a lot quicker. And that's exactly what we have done. We've acquired a motion capture suit. Uh, it's in Kurt's hands. He's been learning how to use it because there it's not just put on the suit and go no there's a lot of like technical stuff that you gotta configure and work behind the scenes just to get it ready and so he's been doing that for the past couple weeks um time permitting and yeah i think i think he got it what late october or something like that or yeah late like, like basically or, or november. early november or something like that um Yes, yeah, so he, ha he hasn't had it very long, and he's. I know he's been making progress on it. Yeah. And so and he's. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's exciting. It's like. Yeah. It's we we even had like a full demo uh, from the company itself that did it, and you know it, it's, it, it, and just you know for all intents and purposes, it's a cheaper mocap suit. It's not the same quality that you know AAA studios use. But that doesn't mean that we can't produce the same kind of quality animation they can. It's just, it'll take longer. But yeah. But it's also the the, the framework of and the sensors it has, they're almost just as good as what, you know, high, high AAA studios have. Yeah, it's, it's not, look, it's not... Uh... Uh, it's not Lucas Films, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's not. But it's not a bad one either, you know. But it, to your point, it's you know, it's it's kind of like the lower end of AAA, higher end of indie. Um, but what's nice is you know you can also we can also get gloves with it, so we didn't have to invest in the whole thing. Um, we can invest in the parts that we wanted to capture, and so we've got I think almost everything 
do we have the face? I don't think we have face either. Do no, we? no, because we we just needed the body to start off yeah, with. Body. And so, I, I know in like future games we'll probably need the hands and face, but yeah. So for this so project, how, it was just the body. Yeah. So in twenty twenty four, we'll invest in the hands and the face portion. Um, but those are just the sensors. The core system itself, it will be unchanged, right? So so yeah, we have a motion capture. So Walrus Game Studios now has motion capture. So that we can <laughs> so expedite cool. all of our animation, and like Matt said, we'll we'll handle all the the fine details in post production, um, you know, and then you know it trans it, it basically spits the files out ready for us to use in um, Unreal, so that we can just skin it with the Walrus Mesh um, and have it have it do the things that we want it to do. So. Um, so that's what Walrus Agogo is waiting on uh, right now. Is a lot of the motion captures, the skeletons, the animations. Um, but uh, but in terms of the game itself, you know, the AI. I honestly, the re rebuilding it in five two was was a little challenging, but not not difficult. A lot of time went into those um, uh, the three dimensional AIs, as I like to call yeah. them. It's a very interesting system that we built. And honestly, we're going to recycle the hell out of it. Even oh yeah. Two oh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Walrus Game Studios will rely too much on the two D animations that come from these um, that come from these systems built in, unless it, we just need a quick hit. Right. If it's yeah. something quick, we'll do that. Otherwise, we'll probably leverage this investment that we've made because it's just so it's so good it's so smooth it's so clean um, i know i'm excited about this i hope we get a demo of it mm -hmm. um next year J and, just you know, to what, get people out there playing it and what's interesting about it too is i can actually see us <laughs> if we put if we put a camera component into an npc that's using this right um we could probably even leverage this for like dare i say not movie movie making but for our own purposes in terms of like um capturing content that we want yeah. like cutscenes, that kind of thing for like steam like you know the steam page or just advertising snippets right i I think we could do it, right? And if you if we just programmed in the path that we want this guy to take or even random stuff, like we could probably literally just have a bunch of NPCs play out a scene and they'll be pretty yeah. smooth. Uh, anyway, make our own version of Helm's Deep from exactly. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Walrus well, Game Studio production. Hell yeah um so the oh yes go ahead well no no, no. what were we gonna say because i wanted to move on to the next thing yeah i was just gonna say it's coming walrus of gogo is coming it's pvp yep uh it's battle royale um it's it will be fun it's meant it's co-op only entertaining uh family and friends um you know we're not looking for the sweaty uh, <laughs> Yes, there's plenty of non-sweaty DBD players out there, but if you're looking for a sweaty kind of DBD type environment, that's not what Walrus and Go-Go is going to be. Yeah. So, 
super excited um and then the last thing to kind of talk about i don't want to give too much away because this is still like in the early brainstorming session still but just as we sort of alluded to earlier we are talking about a possible board game i don't want to talk about what the board game may be yet because like i said we we don't even know if this is going to come to fruition. not not that i don't not that i believe it won't come to fruition but you know we're still like in very early talks of what we even want it to be, first of all. Um, let me, let me, uh, can I, can I possibly maybe try to explain it? Not so much in the technical terms, but sure, just like in terms of a, a gameplay event that I like to quote a lot. That that's hilarious, right? You know what I'm talking about? The trip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. The board game is based off of something else that Matt is Zuby, right? Has designed. Um and and we're trying to board gamify it. <laughs> Which really, it'll eventually be a TTRPG rule set. Yeah, and so it's 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 also a rule set. It's also and it's not um it's a quick hitter. Like you would sit down, whether it's TTRPG or whether it's a board game, you're gonna play this in one night, right? But the replayability yeah. is amazing. Um, so, talking about sweaty situations, right? So, we're, we sat down to play this. It was me, <laughs> Zuby, Lynx. And I think it was just that. It was just the yeah, three just of the us. Yeah, just the three of us, yeah. With Matt kind of being the, the GM over it all, right? And right out of the gate, second number one in this game... Um, Lynx has a situation where he's incapacitated, and I think to myself, "Aha! I'm going to win the game. I, I'm I'm going to come out." Not that there there can be multiple winners in this game, by the way, right? It's not. It, just it's like it's really just trying to survive. It's a survival or, or, situation. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, oh, for sure, I'm going to survive. He's already on the ground. Like I'm done. I it's a no no brainer, right? <laughs> Turns out. Turns out Lynx ends up surviving. I'm the one who ends up dying. <laughs> yeah. So if you think like, if you think like, aha, I've got the advantage, right? It's pretty brutal. It's 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 a fun game, fun fun, amazingly fun game, uh, but just absolutely brutal when it comes to like if you'll actually make it out. Yeah, don't don't get attached to your character at all. Yeah, oh yeah, it will die. (laughs) The one thing I can promise you, you might you might win one scenario, you might win two times with this character, but I don't think I don't think the character's destined to be around too much. And I think that I think that's part of the game too, right? It's just yeah, you you want you want to throw the character away. You don't don't become invested in the character. Right, this isn't Dungeons and Dragons. No. You don't want to latch onto them. So, so, yeah. so that, and, and that encourages you to play all kinds of wacky characters too. Like you know, yeah. like, you could play your favorite political figure, knowing that they probably won't survive the game. Right, like Mikhail or, Gorbachev. Yeah, Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> I mean, we laugh. We're laughing about this. If you're watching, right? 
but he was a character in the game. Yeah, I, I did. I did make a character sheet for Mikhail Gorbachev. Yep. <laughs> uh, who else? Who else did we play that night? Uh, oh God, I gotta look up the. <laughs> it was a, it was a funny collection of. of I'd have to try to find people. it, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd have to look for it. I don't, I don't know where, right now, but. You could literally have Gandalf, you know, as one character, and you know, whatever. Yeah, you know? if anyone out there has ever played Torg, um, it's kind of has similar character vibes as that like you could play you know whatever character but i mean you're gonna be sort of limited on what you can and can't do you know yeah. it's not like you can just be oh i'm gonna be q from star trek and just snap my fingers and do anything it's like no yeah. no you're not gonna it's, do that you, know, you have to take away all the <clears throat> magic kind of things right yeah. the, you know it's it's more grounded in realism yeah, I mean, it's game, but there's no reason why that personality, that the Q personality, couldn't be there saying things like "mon ami" or quoting other, you know, French things. Oh, so you can literally Capitan. actually have Picard, Q, and Riker, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to survive one instance, you know, one playthrough of the game. I mean, it's that it's that much fun, right? Yeah, it it knows no no bound no bounds no bounds. So, so it'll it'll be fun. So no, we'll we'll keep everybody up to date on that as the year progress or 2024 progresses. But I, yeah. I did sort of want to end off um mm -hmm. our like little send off for 2023 because we only got a couple days left here as of yeah. the recording of this. And um I wanted to go over like some of our favorite things, uh, you know, media things that we had over sure. the past year. And if you you know, I, I, I filled in my stuff. I didn't fill in yours, but we can just sort of go off. And if you don't have anything, that's fine. Um, no, I, and, I, can, I can put some meat on the bones here. So All right. we'll go with the first one. Favorite video game of 2023. What was yours? Favorite video game. Um, I see your answer, and that's, that's a strong contender for me to say that. But since you're going to say it, I think I want to... Maybe try to look at something else. Um, oh, there was the game that we were playing a lot earlier this year. Uh, that came out this year. We invested a lot of hours into it. I'm trying to remember. God, we've, we've been through so many. Um, Sons of the... <laughs> oh, so, uh, you know, so, all right. It was a really so, good game, but... There were. So through the pandemic... Right. Um, one of the things that like Zuby and Lynx and, and Phony and myself and a few others were hanging our hat on just to try and make, you know, heads or tails and, and not go insane, you know, heads and tails of the world was we wanted to play Sun, the, the sequel to Sons of the Forest. Right. And so for me, it personally didn't live up to my own internal hype. That's my problem. That's not Sons of the Forest's problem at all, right? Uh, and I think that, so I will, um, I think it's a runner-up for me, Sons of the Forest 2. Okay. I did enjoy it. I did like it. I don't think that we collectively had enough hands-on time, all four or five of us at the same time playing yeah. it. Made the original one so much fun for us, right? Because we were just just fucking around goofing off laughing about stuff so 
Um, it's a it's a runner up for me. Sons of the Forest too. Uh, okay. I did like it a lot. Um, I think, um, boy, I'm gonna. I you know what? I'm actually not going to pick yours because you're gonna pick it. Um, because and, and I definitely agree. Game of the year, right? But I think that there's a this this little game. I made reference to it, and I think it it had its moment in the sun and might not ever have its moment in the sun again. Um, but for me, I was actually tracking this all the way through the pandemic too. Is I'm gonna say party animals. So oh, okay. I absolutely love to watch people play this game because it just it just brings out that that. You know, I played high school football, or I played competitive volleyball, or, you know, I I do this on the week. That it brings out the competitive nature of people, and just you just beat the shit out of each other to be blunt in the game, until last man standing. And it's just that it's just fun that way. It's not like, um, you know, due to the floppiness of the characters and the kind of somewhat impreciseness of being able to like pick something up or interact with the world that much it, it's just a lot of fun it's yeah. just fun to play it's um it's fun to watch people play it and beat the crap out of each other <laughs> um you know and it's a fun multiplayer it, it, game too yeah it's it's just a fun little multiplayer co-op kind of eight eight person game where you know if, if you have a bunch of friends you can all jump in and play together and and it's just, it's funny. It's just fun, funny, entertaining. Uh, so for me, it's kind of my personal little favorite game well, of the year. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, too. It's... And it, yeah, it's not, uh, but but Matt's, so, the, quite honest, the one he's about to pick, 100%. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious what it's going to be, but I have to say, this year in video game releases alone was a fucking monster year like this this has been one of the best years in video gaming we got a we got sons of the forest which was you know granted it didn't live up to your hype to the first forest but it was still a really good game um oh it was it's that's my own internal yeah thing. we we had a new legend of zelda game come out and as you can see right behind me i've got a whole legend of zelda shrine which you know it, that's not my favorite game of the year, which, you know, if, if this game hadn't have come out, came out, it would be my game of the year. Um, we had Diablo 4 came out. Yeah, there's issues oh, yeah. with Diablo 4, but I still had a lot of fun playing it. Mm -hmm. um, Final Fantasy 16 came out, a new mainline Final Fantasy, and I'm, I'm still playing it now. And holy crap, it's fucking amazing so far. Spider-Man 2 came out, and I haven't played it yet, but it looks amazing. If you've played the first one, that, that game was amazing. Um, Got Starfield, which was a huge... Yeah, people may not like it, but it, it was a huge gaming moment for a lot of people. Um, It, it was. I mean, look, don't <clears throat> downplay Starfield, man. That was... Uh... It was a good. It was a good release. I mean, it's a good game. Yeah. It's a good release, and it's not for everybody. Um, you know, I, I think I think part of the problem is a lot of people were, you know, there was this there was this buzz about it being Star Citizen light 
or oh yeah yeah an evolution of no man's sky or you know some some kind of <laughs> bastard crossbreeding of those two games and and you know instead of just like it's just a game just measure it for what it is it's it's its own game measure it that way yeah and uh, you know i've got my own <laughs> opinions of star citizen um <clears throat> but uh you know, it's a great it's a great idea. I'll just leave it at that. Star Citizen's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so, so, but my favorite game of the entire year, which you know already won Game of the Year at the Game Awards, Baldur's Gate Three. I mean, yeah. I I had purposely not bought it till it released. I had not played any early access. I had not looked at anything about it because I did that to myself on purpose because. I wanted to go in completely fresh because you guys, I think, actually bought early access, played through it. We did, and um, so, and, and I think early access only had all of Act One, so you guys kind of knew most of it at least at the time. And but yeah, I went into it completely blind, and it felt like the closest experience of playing D and D you could in a video game. Oh yeah, 100%. It, it was just amazing game. Amazing. Like the the voice acting was great. Everything about the story was great. Um I mean, I want to replay through it again, but god, I spent so much time playing through it. It's it'll probably be another year or two before I play through it again, but yeah, that, that's my favorite game of 2023. Yeah, no, it was it was um it was, I mean, it, you know, you're right. The early release on it, um, the playthrough was good. When it finally fully came out, uh, it was that much more impressive. Uh, and I did. I really enjoyed playing the hell out of that thing. Um, and it was soaking up a lot, a lot of time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I kind of wanted to offer an alternative because, I mean, everyone's going to say that, right? Um but there were there were to your point there were a lot of gems a lot of really good games yeah this has been one of the best years of gaming yeah for video and games in a long time long long time and I I really did want to kind of um you know throw it out there in terms of um just you know uh, giving giving another game an opportunity to be on my list or be out there in public yeah. And, even if it's just the only the two of us that ever see this video, um, you know. So, yeah. So, um, it was an interesting movie year of 2023 as well. It's this has been the first year where we saw the dip of superhero movies start to take a huge dive in performance. Um, yeah, and and. and and also, I mean, I'll just go out and write, say it like my favorite movie of 2023 was Barbie. Um, I almost picked Oppenheimer because I really, really, really liked it. And so um, I I was given the suggestion to watch Barbie from a friend. And I, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. Have you seen Barbie? I have not. So, so, and I'm not going to spoil anything about it because I, I, I do, uh, I do recommend watching it because it is not at all what you think. 
because okay. I thought it was just going to be some silly, fun movie about Barbie dolls, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, okay, so, something silly and fun, you know, like the, like the Lego movie or something, you know what I mean? Like, like kind of that effect. No, man, it's, um, it's, it brought me to tears and it's just, wow. and, and especially as a father of two daughters, I think it hit me that much harder too with it as well oh wow, that's that's kind of crazy yeah i never really thought it i mean <clears throat> and i'm not saying that that's not true um wow yeah it, it's i recommend it because it like i said i i, I don't want to spoil anything but it's not at all what you expect it to be okay um boy i am trying to so I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, it was a really great year for movies, right? But I actually didn't um, get a chance to get out there in the world so much and see a um, a ton of movies. Um, a lot of it for me was like uh, stuff at home. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I'm I'm sitting here trying to remember what few movies I actually did see in the theater. That kind of, um, you know, hit me or struck me as, you know, things I saw. I, I mean, um, in terms of box office, we're talking like box office only, like out there, go sit and watch it in the movie. Well, no, it could also be a movie that came out on streaming as well, too, that you, re- you really enjoyed. And uh, it, I mean, hell, you know, for this. Pick a movie. It didn't didn't even have to come out this year, but it was a new movie you've seen this year you never seen before. So and I, I am. Um, wow, I, I did look at. I did do a lot online. All right, so if I had to sit down and pick, so this one just came out, right? Okay. Um, no, you know it's not fully baked enough, man. No, I'm not. I'm not going to mention it because uh, I, I'm still trying to figure it out in my head. Um, okay. Movie of the year. Um, God, I'm not trying to waffle here. It's just. Um, <laughs> all right, put a pin in that one. Right, okay, I think we're we're going to come back to that. All right. Um, what about favorite book of 2023? How much reading did you do this year? Not as much. Not as much as I wanted to. So what I will tell you this is, um, I did. Can you hear the dog? Yep, I can hear the dog. That's all right though. Dog, dog loves to read. Um, so um, I actually sat down and um started rereading so for me it's kind of like if you want to call it read of the year the thing i I, no actually i'll take that back i'll take that back i started basically going back and reading the dragon lance series again but nice from from dragons of autumn twilight was the first one yeah yeah hey i mean the the book that i the the books that i chose they didn't come out this year they i think a couple years old at this point yeah, so but I'm but that's we'll put that one aside. I think net new was the um this sounds so bad, but I read it so early in twenty three 
it, it's the one where um, it's sci-fi, but it's it's um, it's more sci. It's more fantasy actually. I'm trying to remember the name of this damn thing. It's the one where um, uh, the the characters get their powers by ingesting metal, essentially burning metal in their bodies. Are you talking uh, about Mistborn? Yeah, Mistborn. Okay. I sat down and read the the, the Mistborn books earlier in 23. 100% enjoyed the hell out of them. Really did. I hmm. thought book one was great, and I thought, well, where the hell do you take it after book one? Um, but then book two and book three, they were good. I liked the Mistborn. I uh, personally, my favorite was book two. To be honest, like I, I really liked where they took book two and mm-hmm. and of course, like most problems with trilogies, it always felt a bit rushed at the end of the third book. Yeah, like yeah. It, it felt like it floundered a little bit, but it was still an enjoyable end. You know what I mean? It was it was like uh, book three. I agree. Maybe a little bit rushed, but um, but, but I mean, I feel, it's so hard to end series like that, though. You know, it, it is. But I'm glad they ended it, at least yeah. with those with those people and those situations. Um, but I think that he did a really good, or he or she, uh, I can't remember. Well, it's Brandon it. Sanderson. Oh, Sanderson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Sanderson. I did a great job with it. Uh, I'm honest. Uh, just fantastic. It's it's a good read. It it scratches that itch of the you know I need the I need the bell curve you know the the all hope is lost and then you know it, it, you know things work out in the end kind of thing and the um you know the whole thing it just I just really enjoyed that read it wasn't like um, <laughs> you know I got sucked into Game of Thrones and I'm sorry that's that re. Every time I read one of those books, and I did read them all, and I'm still waiting for the final book, which will be... Oh, no, probably... there's still two books left. Oh, two. Uh, yeah, well. I know. I, I read I read all five books, too, and thinking... Every, every, but every read-through, every time I read every single one, it was more like real life, where when you get to the end of the book, you were more disappointed than you were at the beginning of the book, right? And yeah. Yeah. Fuck this, you know. <laughs> so, so, but a lot of people love that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, hey, everybody's got their thing, right? Not, not trying to kink shame, but uh, I won't be reading the last two books because I just feel like every I mean, time there's no, there's no hero arc, there's no sub hero arc, there's no build up. There's, it's just Bob walked it. Well, Bob got an arrow in the head. Bob's dead. Great. I just spent, you know, <laughs> ten hours reading about Bob and thinking about where Bob could go in this story because that's what stories do. They build up hope about this character. Yes, some of them die, right? But holy crap, man! And I'm not, I'm sorry to go off on this tangent, but it's like every character's got this build up, and it's just like it's not some magical, fantastical, interesting, unique thing. It's like, well, Bob got an arrow in the head. Bob's dead. Yeah, wow. it's um it's a lot, dude. Um <laughs> so I've been I've been doing a lot more reading this year. Um I've specifically read 30 books this year which you know, it's not a lot for some people, but it's a lot for me. Um and a lot of them have been very dense books. They're not some of them have been quick reads like I've been able to read in a day or two. But 
I oh. got the movie. I got the movie. Oh, what's the movie? Dune Part One. Did that come out? Oh, it, oh, you you first saw it this year? Yeah. Okay. Dune Part One. Yeah, that was that was a good oh, movie. F. I know. I that, need to. I need to watch it again because I saw the trailer for Part Two not too long ago. I read the books as a kid. Yeah, I read them a long time ago. And read them multiple times, right? Um, kept waiting all these decades for somebody to do it right. <clears throat> Saw people try and fail. But I, this is as good as it gets so far. Yeah. I, I was, And I was never this impressed with the previous two or three attempts at this thing, right? Um, yeah, because one of them had Patrick Stewart in it. Um, yeah, yeah, back in the eighties. Yeah, um, it was not very good. No, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, none of them. I would point to the previous ones and say that nah, was good. It was okay. It was good. Um, you know, this one uh, is is it's great. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. So that's the movie Dune. Dune. Nice. Dune Part One. Um. Uh, but going back to books, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I've been you, reading you read dense books. I, I've been reading a lot, but I have to say, and, and I I picked two books because they're both by the same author, and I highly recommend them to you as well. Um, so the first book, Kings of the Wild, think of okay. it like um a fantasy version of the Expendables, right? You know, you got Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know all, all the all the classic action heroes, but think of them as like all the the best fantasy protagonists. Like you know, you got your Aragorn, your you know wh- whoever the hell else. I can't think of anybody else right now. Um, but right. but they've all they've all gotten older. They've all retired, and it's just one last adventure they have to do. And it's it's so good. It's I I. Dude, I laughed. I cried. It was like I couldn't put the book. Yeah, Kings of the Wild. I could not put the book down. Um, And its sequel, I found almost even better. Um, The sequel to the book, it was... um, I I don't really want to spoil it too much, but what what I really liked about the sequel was they went a little bit more into the world of of the adventures right because because during the kings of the wild days when they were like in their prime you used to have to back in my day you used to have to travel uphill both ways to go and fight a horde of monsters but you know the, these kids nowadays they fight their monsters in arenas right uh, people go and capture these monsters and then put them on display for like you know gladiatory gladiatorial type things so it, it sort of brings like a interesting aspect to these new adventurers aren't as good because they don't have to go and try to seek out adventure and danger. They just go to a, an arena and fight a monster that's like half drugged up or starving and, you know. Oh, wow. So so there, there's some commentary behind that. There's a lot more to the story, too, but I don't want to get into it without okay. spoiling okay. it. But you yeah, you yeah. would like it because they're... They are pretty thick books, but they read fast, and it's. Yeah, I, um, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, they're just so much fun. Um, though I will say, there was a trilogy I read at the beginning of the year, 
that you want to talk about fucked up. And by fucked up, I mean it'll just mess up your emotions. It's it's the Farseer trilogy from Robin Hobb. And she she is such an amazing writer. Her prose is so good. The characters she creates feel so real. And yet, what she puts them through, you're just... Like when I when I finished that trilogy, I was like kind of beside myself. Like, oh god, <laughs> it's um, it's 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 not that kind of anger that you feel when reading a Game of Thrones, you know? Like, oh, Bob's dead now. Fuck. No, it's more it's more like Bob's dead. You're like, oh my god, my whole world is shattered. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's that kind of. It, it, it that's the best way to explain it. it it's so good, but it, it, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, that just see that's the thing with the that's the thing with the Game of Thrones writing, man. It was like it was good, but like, like yeah, it was exactly what you said. It's like Bob's dead. Oh man, Bob's dead. But like you're describing <laughs> a an author that really like puts you in the moment of Bob. Like still, you, you know, it, it's. Uh, it's Chris. It's been a long time since I have read an author where I feel like this character could exist in the real world, and you almost feel the emotions. You even feel the the place that they're at, like even physically, I, like the sense of smell and taste and touch. It, it's crazy how well she writes. It's it's insane. Think of it. I I, I think of it this way when you say it like that. Um, not that I'm some fantastical writer with our D and D campaigns, but when I say the word peoplet, right. And that just the, the, what that instills in everyone, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and the jokes and the stuff, I mean, I get it, right. Lots of flavor there, right. Lots of, yeah. uh, lots of emotion. Yeah, I get it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sounds like, sounds like something I am 100% going to read in the next month or two. Yeah, uh, I am looking. I am actually looking for a book. So I did pick up Dragonlance again, but I'm just like, you know, I'm just. I'm you, just you know what it. happens, and it's yeah. I'm and, just and, reading it to read it. But yeah, I highly recommend Kings of the Wild and Bloody Rose. It, it's okay. they are so good, so I'm good. With, I'm gonna start with Kings of the Wild. That sounds fun. Yeah, it, it was. I had I had a blast. Like I I want to reread it again already, but there's so many other books that I need to read. Um. Oh man, that's so true. And and like I said, I did like Mistborn. I think now that it was net new for me in twenty three, but I enjoyed the hell out of all three books. You know, read them right through. Yeah. So, all right. TV show I think is up next. TV right? show. Yep. Did you have a favorite one this year? Oh, I got yes, I got favorite TV shows. So, um, I got a I I got a two. I'm gonna call out two in particular. I know I'm okay. supposed to pick one. But oh, that's me, fine. Two stand out now. One, one's a no. One's like a no-brainer. I read these books several times again, as a kid. Uh, they're streaming right now, um, and it is um, Foundation. So I'll just leave that okay. one alone. Foundation, the Asimov interpretation. I enjoyed it. I watched both seasons of it. Um, I second season was. Um, I felt could have been at 
could have been as good as season one. I, I will say season one, I think, was a much better uh, run through of like the, the beginning of Foundation. Season two wasn't too far off, but okay. I think it could have a little bit better. A little bit. Where little does bit. this stream? Um, I think it's Apple. Apple TV. Okay. Okay. Um, but the one for me, um, and this is not normally my genre. It really isn't. This is outside of my normal genre, but I sat down and started watching this absolutely hooked. And yes, it's come late in the season. And yes, you could say, well, you're just bandwagoning it because you're watching it now. No, I really like it. Like it really to me is captivating and, uh, Kurt Russell's in it. That probably tips it off right there. Um, oh. but, he's not, but he's not the main character. It's um, it's the one about Monarch, the Kaiju. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. good? Oh my God, is I, I good. need okay. I Absolutely. Mean, I I love Godzilla. Like I've seen. You're I, gonna love this. I've seen like, every single Godzilla movie except the new one that came out this month. Yep. All right, so spoiler alert, right? So there are, well, sort of a spoiler alert. I'm not really going to say it, but I kind of am, sort of. Um, so, like, there's there's moments in shows where, you know, you're watching the show and you're like, you can, like, you can see the buildup and you're like, okay, so something's going to happen and this is going to leave an emotional scar on this character and this character's mm-hmm. going to have to revisit it throughout the series and da 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 Yep, 100%, right? Um, uh, uh, another TV series that I actually have enjoyed, but I'm not going to put it up there with these two was, um, the other Apple TV show about invasion invasion. That's it. Right. Okay. Invasion. Eh, it's, it's good, but, <clears throat> um, there's one character where they just absolutely overplay ad nauseum her situation with, with a life partner. I'm just like, man, I got it the first time. I didn't need the next 10 episodes worth of that shit, right? I get yeah. it. Heartache. Totally. I'm an old guy. I understand what heartache is all about. I've been through not so messy and messy situations in my life. So moving on. Um, but um, in in Monarch, or whatever it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Shit goes down real fast in like the first episode, but not not directly, like not in a it's happening now, but in a kind of flashback situation. Um, and <clears throat> yes, it flashes back a couple of times throughout the episodes, but in a very meaningful way, in 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 a way that you're like, yeah, man, that was you're not just throwing that out there as filler material. Like you need to burn up a few minutes of, of on air time. Yeah. It, it's like have to check it totally, out now. Totally appropriate when it's brought up. Yes, you already know that it influenced this character. It, it, it left a deep scar and everything comes up at the right time though, and in the right way. And it's not overblown. It comes and goes fast enough, right? So that you're not like, well, let me go get a beer while while that plays out. I already know how it's gonna finish. Um, but and it's and it's. While they don't show anything directly, it's just like, oh, fuck. Right? When it first happens, you're just like, oh, shit. 
like when you especially when you realize what all, all the people that you may not see like their face you may not see their faces on the screen but you know there's a lot of people involved and you're just like fuck i'm gonna have fuck. to check it out now yeah. right so but it's it's a good it's a good series i like it um you know monster movies godzilla kaiju um yeah it's not my thing i enjoy them but it's not my thing but this is really super good i'm hot oh so you just reminded me there's two other tv show seasons that came out this year um i'm gonna first mention the one i wrote down first i've been watching yellowstone um for the first time and it's i love it um my dad got me hooked on it it's about cattle ranchers over in montana and then how they're trying to you know people out there trying to modernize montana and all that stuff and it's real like cowboys and indians type stuff but you know kevin costner's in it and he's fucking amazing in the show um and it's just you know kind of basic cowboy stuff like people are trying to take over the ranch or buy up the land and develop it and they have to stop them and whatnot and that oh you know it, it's a lot of fun it's also pretty dark too like holy shit <laughs> isn't there there's like uh i mean my wife got really into it she's really into it actually and isn't there like some female character that's just basically like uh i don't know like a, like some kind of just total badass or something yep beth dutton okay yeah yeah she's uh yeah she's terrifying (laughs) (laughs) um but so there were two other shows that came out this year well new seasons of shows that came out this year um first one i want to mention is star trek strange new world season two um was fucking amazing of like every single episode of the show was made and i loved the musical episode like i listened yeah. to the soundtrack for a while after it came out yes oh, but, oh uh, my god strange new worlds like i i that, honestly, that's the best new star trek show that's come out yes i i you know i didn't even consider that really in terms of like favorite tv show just is on its own man to me that's just something completely different it's the best new star trek show that's out but i will say probably my favorite now that i remembered speaking of star trek and i feel like this show the first two seasons were utter garbage but the last season holy shit hit every single you know thing it needed for me was picard season three I have yet to watch that. Okay. It, it's so I don't know if you've seen Picard season one and two. Yes, they, I have. They, they, they have, they had good moments, right? There were certain parts where it was good parts, but overall seasons one and two were horrible. Like when you just look at it as a whole season three, it basically, when I go back and rewatch Picard, you can just completely skip seasons one and two and just watch three. And it's, it's what the show should have been. Um, I, I mean, spoilers, I guess. I mean, it has all the old characters show back up and it, it felt like 
it felt like the perfect ending to next generation. Like okay. it, it was the perfect send off. Like I know they tried to do a send off with a Star Trek Nemesis, and that was eh. I mean, it was okay yeah, and all that. But 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 th- but this send off for the next gen crew, perfect. Like okay, was was Wesley in it? No. Okay. So that means it was perfect. <laughs> oh damn! Get wrecked, Will Wheaton. Oh, you don't like Will at all in any shape or form? I mean, he's okay. Oh, man. He's, uh, listen, some of the stuff he's done as an adult, I really enjoy. I, I do. I enjoy him. I, you know, he, um, <laughs> I've, I've read some stuff and listened to some stuff about, you know, his early, you know, his, his time on the show, right? That wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't have anything against him or anything. I've met him before at a MegaCon and all that. I mean, he's a yeah. super nice guy. And uh, yeah. it's just, I, I don't really follow him nowadays or anything. So I don't really know much about him at all. Like, I, kn- I, I know he was part of Geek and Sundry and did some board was. game stuff. And Oh, he did a great job with that. Like, I'm a, I'm a big adult Will Wheaton fan. Like, the, the stuff on the TNG... Uh, you know, not not so much, but he's been in he's been in some stuff as an adult that I've really enjoyed. I've enjoyed his acting in an adult capacity. Yeah, he's been involved in. So, so I, I feel like that was a great send off for twenty twenty three here. And yeah. I mean, the last part is what what's on the horizon for Walrus for twenty twenty four. We kind of already spoiled that. Um, just to so, sort of sort of recap, uh, it's. We've got the first book coming out, quarter one. Yep. We've got yep. the network engineer simulator, at least a demo, you know, coming out. We don't yep. know about early access yet, it's, but demo 100%. Um, and we know we're going to have at least some sort of demo slash early access of Walrus Go-Go at some point this year. Right. Um, and, and also, I, as I said before, I'm going to try to make a commitment to do more of these podcasts and we're streaming to try to hype up more stuff with Walrus and build up our social media presence more. And I would say this, if, if I had to have like a, what's on the horizon for us, like what let's, let's just say we get silver flame one out and whether you can go get it, like it drive through RPG or someplace like that and download it or have them print you a hard copy of it. Right. At some point we'll do, you know, we're going to have silver flame two. Um, you know, uh, I would say, uh, I think in 2024, I think the world of Aspartia really starts to take off at, in some of the content, like in, in the TTRPG books. Um, it starts taking off in terms of some of the games themselves, like video games. I, I won't say anything, but we've discussed some ideas about some particular video games also occurring in the world of Aspartia. Um you know, so I think I think there's going to be some development in that area. Uh, maybe even who knows? Maybe even a little teaser, uh, early access, or just you know play around with kind of thing by the end of the year um, for something. I think the board game takes shape and comes out in 24, uh, or dies one of the two. But I think the TTRPG. Yeah. 
that the board game is based off of, I think that definitely comes out in 24 for sure. I, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, yeah, we could... Um, yeah, because you know. one of the things that... I mean, that we're really trying to learn, or at least because, you, you know, we come up with all these ideas and stuff, but we have to... It sucks that we have to be like, well, shit, we can only focus on so much. But yeah, yeah I mean, it. Let me call this out into the community of one or two people watching this. Um, well, hey, and this it, is going to be recorded. It's going to go out there too to okay. some more people. All right. So, to those that think that like this is all we're talking about and this is all that we've got, so the ideas come fast and furious all the time. So, in terms of active projects, we've got. Walrus a go-go. We've got NES. Silver Flame. Silver Flame 2. Um, <clears throat> something based on the world of Aspartia. That, uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. Uh, then there's um, the board game and possibly the TTRPG around that. But then we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, Blade Auction we talked about, so Blade Auction is te technically could be considered a active dormant project, right? But in terms of like video games, one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six other video games that are poking up out of the weeds right now um, that want some attention. Um, some of them have nothing to do with Spartia. Some of them have nothing to do with, yeah, uh, you know, each other. I mean, there's a personal favorite of the CEO, that being Kurt. Um, and Kurt's favorite one is also something that was developed in, in conjunction with my son in terms of, like, fleshing out. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, boy, is it going to need... I It's, it's, um, it's non-linear to the ultimate extent. Yeah. It's that that one's going to be really cool when we start yeah, focusing. It's a very non-linear kind of game in in that, I mean, God, there's so many different... We've thought of so many different ways of, of talking about it, doing it, core architecture, this. it's I'm not even going <laughs> to give it the time of day right now, but... The I it's it's very nonlinear. Um, yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. Um, uh, but you know, we've also God, what else have we talked about in the um, just tons of stuff. I mean, it's Walrus being on the inside of Walrus right now is literally like you know being inside of like almost like a machine shop where somebody makes a widget and says, Hey, what can we do with this? And throws it out for everybody to look at. And yeah. somebody builds another widget to attach to it. And I mean, it's just one damn thing after another. Right. Um, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's um, like one of my pet projects, which probably will never see the light of day, but there was a game very like 1999 ish. Uh, I would love to see a, not an exact recreation of, but um, I would like to see something like it exist again because it was just so much damn fun. You know, it's um, it's almost like, imagine if you could do, if you had a, a 
um, what do they call it when the universe always a uh, pervasive universe? Imagine if you had a pervasive universe, but you could do one shot. Um, pervasive or persistent? Persistent. Sorry. Okay. Persistent. Imagine if you had a persistent universe, but you could jump in and do like one shot. Um, what's that? What's that big sci-fi MMO? Um, what, Eve Online or? Yeah, Eve. You could just do one quick one-shot eaves and just get in, do it, and the results of your activities influenced the persistent universe and the boundaries of different territories within that universe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That'd be cool. But you didn't have to invest all that crazy time and effort, and you could just kind of, you know, every match was basically starting, you know, I wouldn't say starting from scratch, but you're you're you've got to build things, got to build up your resources and all that. So almost like a, almost like a StarCraft, like a co-op StarCraft levels. Oh, right? okay, okay. Only in space and only like the what the things you did in are influential and exist until they're undone. How's that? Okay. So, I will. I'd like to see that in 24, but it'll probably probably never gonna happen. Eh, you never know. Uh, I mean, win. it's we need to win the lottery. Yeah, we need, we need we need a lottery moment. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great place to end it here. Um, I mean, it's a great send off. Um, we're gonna try to do more of these. It like I, I say every week, but at least um. Try at least once or twice a month because it's we need to start getting more out there. And like I said, I'm going to start streaming more. Dante will show up more on the stream too. Um, we'll be playing games. Um, I, I know I'm going to be streaming more MMOs like Elder Scrolls Online or WoW or yeah, wh whatever the heck. I feel like it. Or 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 we'll be streaming our D and D or Pathfinder play sessions or something oh, too. I'm even willing to just sit there and stream my map making and take interactive feedback and chat. You know, yeah. people want to do that. And uh, I throw some uh, not some non DMCA type soundtrack in the background or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's um no it's a lot lot of stuff coming. It's gonna be an exciting year. I mean twenty twenty three was already pretty crazy, like how far we've come. And mm -hmm. it's I'm excited for next year. We've got products being released and it's gonna be exciting yeah. so thank Man. you all for listening and watching um out there and uh hope you all have a good evening happy new year all that good stuff yeah best best to everyone in 24 23 was uh we'll just say interesting yes hopefully, hopefully 24 is is good to everyone so Yes. Well, have a good night, everybody. All right. Bye.